0: You can benefit from the know-how and expertise of, a, of an outside investor, right? right? But they, they, there are some disadvantages to that in that they can be unscrupulous and may take advantage of you.
1: You are the Apex Champions. Welcome to The Dream, where each week we chat with men and women who can only be described as game changers, phenomenal individuals, who are at the cutting edge, who, in spite of and sometimes because of, personal and life challenges, have risen above seemingly impossible situations and are actively working to bring transformation to our planet, helping to create a world we all dream about. A new world. New-
2: Good day, I'm Ainsworth, and today we welcome you to our podcast, The Dream. And today we have we chat with Saron Bailey, who is the consultant of Bailey's Consultative Services. And uh, there's several things that we want to look at as we get into the interview. The first thing I want to deal with is the challenges that you faced in your life. Now The thing is that a lot of people are going through a lot of challenges right now, Sharon. Um, As you know, this is a very difficult time for a lot of people. A lot of people have lost their jobs, they've lost their homes, they've lost their relationships as a result. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. And you can say the challenges are part of life. but. You've been through your own challenges, right? I'm sure you'd, you'd agree to that, that you've had your fair share of them during your relatively short lifespan.
0: fair share, yes.
2: <laughs> All right. I want to look at four of those challenges, if you may. Uh, the first one is in 2006 at Me. the age of 25. Does that bring back any memories?
0: I you straight to the... Yeah. yeah your your
2: mom, your mom passed away at, in 2006. And I know that would have been a very, very difficult time for you as a young person, 25 years old. Tell me what kind of impact did that have on you and how did you deal with it at such a young age?
0: Ooh, um, so yes, Um. in order to really understand the depth of that loss. I think I need to really talk about the relationship my mother and I had. Mm -hmm. My mother was the closest human being to me at that time. Yeah. um, When I look back now, I believe that um, I thoroughly, in every way, depended on my mother. Mm -hmm. She was my emotional support my emotional rock Mm -hmm. she was spiritual rock she was my mental rock every foundation that you could think of my mother was that for me it was that that that's how I grew up that's that's the type of relationship that we have we were closer than close you Mm -hmm.
2: know yeah I know yeah
0: her getting sick Immediately, what I would do, as I was raised to do, is to rely on my faith, right? Most of my life, I have been trying as best as possible to live and apply by the dictates of my faith. I'm a Christian, right? So at that point in time, that is what I naturally would have done, right? To rely on my faith for her healing. That did not come to pass. Yeah. Yeah. She passed of of cervical cancer on October 1st, 2006. So what that did to me was at that young age was shatter my faith. Yeah. um, It shattered my faith. I I lost, as I lost her, because she was my connection to God, if you will. She had the relationship with God. I probably had a secondary relationship with God through her. With her being gone, there, that, that nexus between me and God was gone. So that's, that's the depth of the pain that I was in. Um, you know, I've, I've heard people talk about how it is wrong to lose a connection with God when you suffer the loss of a loved one. Mm-hmm. But I can understand why as a human being it would happen. Yeah. Particularly when the relationship that I had with my mother, she was my connection to God. Mm-hmm. I did not have a direct connection to God. So therefore, with that link being gone, it, I, I, I could not sustain the relationship with mm-hmm. God. Now I know I reconciled with God, and you uh, you will hear me talking about God often Mm -hmm. because I cannot separate my faith from overcoming my challenges. Now at forty-one, I cannot do that. Everything else that had happened after the loss of my mother, it is difficult for me to separate God from what the things that have happened in my life, right? Mm -hmm. So I, my faith suffered and I, wanted nothing to do with God for six years after my mom passed away. And I would say that I reconciled with God when I wanted to start my family. Right? And I start during those six years, you know, I, I was in grief, deep grief. And I think we should also give people an opportunity to grieve and not just say, we'll get over it.
1: Yeah, correct. Absolutely. To me,
0: inhumane is not compassionate at all. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Until everybody goes through the grieving process differently. People now are suffering loss, great Mm. loss of loved ones, sometimes Mm. in one family, more than one, back-to-back. Right? We should have some kind of compassion for those survivors who would have lost people. Yeah. But having gone through that, I think what I can say now is the lessons, that six-year period in which I grieved and had wanted nothing to do with God, with faith and church and nothing to do with it at all, because I thought he had let me down. In those six years, things that mommy stood for would come to my memory. So there's a, there's a scripture that says, train a child in the way that she Mm -hmm. should. so So it is after she died certain things would come to my memory about the importance of this relationship with God. And I can say now that it's through her death I was able to reconcile and establish my own relationship with God. That is what I believe allowed me to overcome and deal and endure with a lot of painful experiences in my life Mm. after my past. Yeah. Mommy, um, was devastating at the time. But as years passed, I realized that it was for a particular purpose. It was reconciliation of me and my direct relationship with God, the Almighty, that if I did not have, I would not have been able to survive the storms that came into my life after she was gone. And um, then five years before
2: that, uh, a special person came into your life. One year after your mom's passing, you got married. Tell me, how did that help you in dealing with the death of your mom?
0: Um, yes, F- five years before my mom passed, I met my current husband, mm-hmm. Joel. And, um, you know, it, it, it was great. We're still going strong. to this year is 15 years we'll be married.
2: Congratulations.
0: Although in the grand scheme of things, it probably is short, but we have a a pretty strong connection still. Um, Me getting married to my husband the year after she died, that was in 2007, um, I would say it helped to some degree, maybe it brought some kind of normalcy to my life, but I was still dealing with grief, you know? Right. He did not replace her.
1: Right. You know? Right.
0: I had this new adventure with this person that I loved. So maybe that was a blessing to deal with mm. the grief I was going through. Mm-hmm. But um, it still did not do anything really to um, to reconcile any relationship I had with God. I got married and life was good. I bought a house. We bought right. a house we kept we, we, we were blessed, you
1: know we right. were blessed really great wow. okay. yeah,
0: and then
2: and then moving on a little further, um a few years ago, about four year, five years ago, you had another challenge, and this time it was at your workplace um. You wanna share with us your experience there? I know that you may not be able to get into a lot of the details and that's okay, but just what we wanna know is your takeaway from the whole experience. You can check generalizations and just your takeaway from that whole experience, how that impacted you and how it empowered you.
0: Yes, um, so you're you're right. I'm not gonna go into details about that, you know, that that is being heard in the courts. But as with any challenge, what I was grateful for at that time, um, my relationship with God, again, I have to go back there, was already reconciled. When I I had my first son in 2012, that was a significant change in my life. Right. When I, when I, my son Jordan. And it is before I had my son that I would say I reconcile with God. I started again, I started being open to what does this whole thing really mean? Mm-hmm. You know, what mm-hmm. does this whole Bible and spiritual life really mean? Who is right. this? You know, who, yeah. who is this? You know, yeah. that's all my life. So from the time he was born to the time that challenge came. I had done a lot of deep, deep healing, a lot of learning prior to that experience. Mm-hmm. So therefore, when that came, it was a mountain to overcome. Right. It was, it was. Um, it, at the time, it felt like everything I had been through up until that point was preparing me for this this moment.
2: Right. Yeah. It, felt, it was.
0: It was huge. I mm-hmm. felt like the kind of a David and Goliath kind of thing going on. Yeah. It was because of the reconciliation and the learning and the deep healing that I was going through after mommy died that I was able to be victorious in that. Even, yeah. though, even though it was um, painful and a lot of sacrifice for me, it, was, it ended in victory as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> right. Know? The yeah. and the, the mission that I had through the fight was accomplished. Right. Right. That's right. To me, learning from that is I cannot do anything worthwhile without divine assistance. Right. Right. Yeah. I had, I speak about this in my blog, the importance of prayer. Right, prayer is a conversation with God. It is not just you talking. A conversation like we're having now. I am speaking; you are responding to me. So, in my prayer, I'm speaking to God about a situation, a real life situation, not just empty words. A life situation, and I'm expecting and I'm listening out for a response. That whole fight, the reason it ended in victory. Is because I was able to get still. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things my mother taught me, you cannot hear the voice of God in chaos. Mm. You cannot right. hear him. You yeah. have to get still and find that peace, find that center. Mm. I, I call it the eye of the storm. Yeah. Find the, eye of the storm where there's peace, and you will hear from God what it is you have to do to get you through whatever storm you're dealing with. All that right. is exactly what happened. I got through prayer specific instructions on what to do, how to do it and when to do it. it was specific and people probably may not um, believe that because we probably feel like God doesn't speak to us or whatnot, mm-hmm. but he does. Right. After I got what to do, you know, I know how to overcome whatever fear is to actually do it. Because when you get when you you pray and you get still and you have a knowing, a knowing of what to do, what what will bring the highest good in this situation, because I believe God is all about the highest good, not just for you, but for everyone involved. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it was um, as I said, it was very sacrificial. It took a lot of sacrifice from me personally. It right. is not I I necessarily wanted to do, mm-hmm. but something mm-hmm. came to my door, a fight came to my door, and I had to execute and ah. I had to be
2: yes. yeah, okay. Now. The final thing was that, and this leads to the foundation that you set up, I believe, which is the Hydro Hero Foundation. Yes. Um, that you established in 2000. I don't. I don't have the year. I think it's 2019. 20. You established that foundation. Was it?
0: 2021, just 2021.
2: Okay, I wasn't able to get that year, but you—you're dealing. What are you dealing with at the Hydro Hero Foundation? Tell us about it and how you got involved with that.
0: Oh, <laughs> again, um, in 2019, in twenty eighteen, mm. um I found out that my husband and I were expecting another child. Right, so we mm. found out that he was pregnant. In April of 2018, we went to our routine ultrasound visits every, every month, mm-hmm. right? We had a doctor in Wood- Woodbrook. And, um, you know, just as we did with our first son, we went right. and we'd have our regular ultrasounds and checkups. And in October of 2018, um, the doctor discovered... Excessive fluid in the amniotic sac. That's the, the bag that the baby's in. Right? Water right? bag.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, so you discovered excessive fluid there. And further checks reveal that the baby, the my unborn son, had excessive cerebrospinal fluid in his brain. Mm. And that's a called hydrocephalus. Immediately, um I had made up my mind literally at that point to leave Trinidad and Tobago, Mm. (laughs) right, Um, for my own personal reasons. Yeah, Uh, I did go into Port of Spain General Hospital to, you know, get some sort of um, feedback, Mm. and the doctor said to me that most women in my situation choose to terminate the pregnancy, so that was not an option for me. Um, You know, at that point in time, I had seen too many victories, Mm -hmm. too too many examples of overcoming crisis in my life for that to have any sort of negative effect on me. Um, As hard as it was, the situation was difficult. I was in a serious situation because of God again. He's, mm-hmm. Always, mm-hmm. he's always pointing me into a certain direction so that I can get victory. I naturally relied on that again. I went to the States. My son had successful brain surgery. He had two brain surgeries, one when he was born at three days old. Mm-hmm. Surgery. And he had another brain surgery, um, on Boxing Day of 2019. He was born on January 7, 2019. Right. So as soon as I found out that I got that news in Trinidad, I got on a plane within a week, and I was in the States in November of 2018. I think I landed November first, two 2018. I went to my family in in Long Island, and Javon was born January 7, 2019. Most of 2019 was spent in the States, Mm -hmm. dealing with Javon, because he... He not only had hydrocephalus in his first two weeks of life, in the queue, he was hit with heart problems, kidney problems, and blood problems. Mm. So we had four potentially life-threatening issues on yeah. a little baby that just came into the world.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. But
0: it may sound like, oh my god, that was such a catastrophe. But through it all, and I kid you not, I felt like I was in some kind of miracle season. I felt like this, like everything else that has Mm -hmm. been happening, Mm -hmm. going to end in victory. I had this assurance. So when I talk about the mind, we can go through a situation like that and think, oh, my God, this is so terrible. How could this Mm -hmm. happen to me? Mm -hmm. That is what happened. That is what that was where my mind was at at 25 when my mom died. What happened to me? Lord, how could you do this to me? Mm -hmm. And then fast forward to now, where you claim victory and you see for yourself what you what you are actually capable of in God. You know, not how can this happen to me, but you know that this is something simply. To overcome and go into your season of victory so when my son was on January 1st 2020 hmm. right we were up there and on his first birthday he didn't have a birthday party we were in the hospital <laughs> he was given a clean be- bill of health on January 7, 2020 on his first birthday his blood issues were no more his kidney issues were no more his heart was declared strong, and he was discharged from all those other doctors. Mm-hmm. And the shunt in his head continues to work perfectly. We, his last checkup was in August of last year, August 2021. And the doctor said his brain is perfectly formed. Mm. What happens there? One of the things that they were concerned about, because they did talk to me about the possibility of stillbirth. You know, Mm -hmm. they would lay out all the possibilities for you. you Correct. Yeah. So they they spoke about the possibility of stillbirth. They spoke about what happens. He had grade four hydrocephalus, which is the most severe. Mm
1: -hmm. And there's
0: grade four, he had grade four. The fluid was reaped a lot of fluid in his brain. What they said, what they said was sometimes when the fluid is so much, it damages brain tissue. When the shunt the shunt is the device that they place in his brain to drain the fluid. He has a shunt in his head right now, a VP programmable shunt. Hmm. And um so that is what is working so that his his cerebrospinal fluid can circulate around his brain properly. Right. The thing is even when the shunt does its work to drain the fluid sometimes the brain tissue gets damaged in the process in august of 2021 the doctor was very pleased to report that his brain is not damaged there's no malformations in the brain so as mm-hmm. the as the fluid sorry drained out mm-hmm. and right now it is at normal levels mm-hmm. the brain tissue itself is good the Hydro Heroes Foundation was yeah. born from that experience, right? right? The um, freely you have received, freely give. Correct. We have been blessed with Javon, mm-hmm. and know that there is some work to be done to help persons here in Trinidad. Mm-hmm. So the Hydro Heroes Foundation is solely about that, helping persons with hydrocephalus and their right. family deal with the situation.
2: And how, if somebody wanted to, is in that situation, how do they get onto the foundation?
0: Well, we're actually still, we, we, we're brand new. We're relatively okay. young. Right. Just old, and we're now in the development stages of getting things out there. So we're mm-hmm. not out there quite yet. right? All There's right. a lot of work to be done first. Mm-hmm. So it's in the process of doing that.
2: Okay. Now, you started a business, right? Um and this is, this is where you are right now. Um, when you left your job, I think it took you, well, you had two businesses. You had your As You Like It, is that it's, that's the name of it, right? As You Like It business, which you established with your husband. And, and then you established your own about a year or two ago, which is the, um, the consultancy service that you provide. Right now, what are some of the challenges you faced when you're going about setting up your business, or even thinking about setting up your business? What are some of the challenges that confronted you?
0: Um, I the 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 tagline for my consulting is "Do it right and do it now." So there's a right way to do something, and oftentimes, to do it right requires money. Right. It requires expertise. So it, it, it requires certain things to do things right, do things the right way.
1: Yeah.
0: And sometimes we might say, well, I don't have the money to do it. Mm. That has been the biggest challenge forgetting getting what you don't have.
2: Yeah.
0: And having your goal in front of you, this is what I need to do by this date. It's mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that do by a particular date. And right. I'm going to do, I'm not going to think about what I don't have Correct. and all the things that can prevent me from getting this done by this date. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. somehow, when you push through that and you stick with your guns, this is what I have to do, and this is what I'm going to do by this date. Somehow, everything that you need comes after. Yeah. It just it comes to you. It's somewhat like, like, like you're at the right time.
2: It. Yeah, at the right time. It definitely comes. Yeah, I agree.
0: Get what you need to get done. So you are paying no mind to the obstacles. Mm-hmm. I, don't have, I don't have the expertise. I don't have this. I need a whole long list of I don't and I don't. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I ignore, I ignore that completely. You have I to. Agree. From the, I get that a lot from the people around me. Mr. Mm-hmm. Anho, it doesn't really that doesn't matter and you see as you do as you approach it that way this is what i have to do by this date the things that you think you don't have is it <laughs> the only word i could use for it is divine it comes to you at the right time and correct
2: absolutely now i saw that you're listed in black business owners launch which is an american website um so the thought that came to me was, "Are you planning to go international, or is it just going to be local in terms of your consultancy?"
0: Yes, we are planning to take the event management international okay. so we have already incorporated the event company in the states already ah. so that's 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 the first step I know and and again, people say but on, you're crazy you know mm-hmm. I, I get I get that a lot. I guess so on, your crazy quite often.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now you, you listed in your blog in one of the articles, you established five reasons why anybody should start a business. And um, I think a lot of people are considering starting a business now, either because they have no job or they're not sure what's happening with their job and stuff like that. And there's a thought of coming, you know, starting a business, but there's also a lot of fear involved in starting a business because you are taking a risk. Uh, So you established five things or five reasons, sorry, why you should establish a business. The first one is establish a legacy. You want to amplify on that just in a few words?
0: Yes, right I believe that everything that we do in our temporary time on this earth has generational consequences mm-hmm. for good and for bad. right so, so that legacy, these are the generations that are going to come after you it's you, you, you are not living here isolated in a bubble by yourself. The things mm-hmm. that you do affect others, including right. your, your, your line, your family mm-hmm. line So. Starting a business, um, yes, to be motivated enough because we love our children. And that innate love for our children, we are going to be pushed to leave something healthy for them. It's a motivational factor in itself.
1: Right. You know? Yeah. I, love my-
0: I want to leave them with the best possible chance in this life. and This could be so crazy. Yeah. So that's is a motivational factor for us to work at the business. And yes, they would also learn things from you as they see you running the business. Yeah. Even as a child, right now, my sons are watching us because mm. both, both of us, my husband and I are business people. So right. they're watching and they're seeing, they're, they're, they're seeing faith in action. You know?
2: and, you, and, you're, and you're building generational wealth as well.
0: Building generational wealth. So, right. but for me, the primary focus is not necessarily the wealth, because the wealth, material wealth, does come along with it. It's the, it's the learnings, it's the intangible wealth.
2: Correct. Correct.
0: It, it, yeah. That they're going to learn the perseverance, the stick to itiveness, the, 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 the faith, the overcoming challenges, and all those valuable things that they're going to learn.
2: Number two, click the dependency syndrome.
0: <laughs> um, when I, I worked in corporate for many years before, mm. I, before I left my, my, my job and I, I kept getting promoted and it, it was good, you know. But right. at the end of the day, my salary in my account is paid by someone, right? And yes, we need money to live. We have bills to pay. We have to eat. Mon- money is not, um, because you know, money is such a terrible thing. The love of money might be terrible, but you need money to live in this world, correct? At the end of the day, you are depending on someone else to pay you so that yeah. like you can, yeah. ultimately, you are depending on them, mm-hmm. they may be godless, mm-hmm. they may not have your best interests at heart, you know. Right, yeah. I- I was fortunate to be blessed with a lot of... I had a good examples as employers mm. and I had ugly examples as employers. <laughs> so, you know, so why not, why not depend on God mm. so that I now can provide for other people? I now could be the employer.
2: Number three, put faith in action.
0: Yeah. To run a business, you have to have faith. Um, faith is doing something without seeing the result. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have there's a certain amount of uncertainty ahead of you, but you know you heard from God, this is what He said that you have to do. But you don't know what tomorrow will bring. Yeah. Every day when you wake up and you run in this business. I, I, you just have to know and have that trust that what is written by your faith, what God has said is going to happen. Um, and you, you cannot do it scared. You cannot do business afraid. And the opposite of fear is faith, right? Right. It is A
2: confident awesome. assurance that what you
0: set your mind to
2: will be accomplished.
0: It will be accomplished. I, con- I love that. A confident assurance mm-hmm. that what you set your mind to will be accomplished. My son will, will be fine. My son will not die. Right. That is what accomplished. um accomplished. I will overcome. I will have victory in this battle at work. That is what is accomplished. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Every single thing that you... I will... I will have a successful company in a foreign land. That is what will be accomplished. Right. So simply, yes, put in faith and action. That's, that's Correct. What it is. And then the final
2: two is to serve others and continue the group journey.
0: Yes. Um, service, I find that service to others. And this is something I learned from mommy. Mm. Serve other people. And let God serve you. Uh, so, yes, we have needs. We have personal needs. Mm-hmm. But I have found that as I put other people first, or do something to benefit someone else, I, am I'm taken care of. Right.
1: right? Yeah.
0: I, I'm, just, I'm just always taken care of.
2: One of the concerns a lot of people have when they're doing business or thinking about opening up a business is funding. How do I source the funding? Where do I get the funding from? Is it possible to start a business perhaps without funding and be successful? What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yes, um, for... And I was speaking to new business owners who this is the first time you're starting a business. You, you don't, you don't have a rich uncle. You don't come from money, right? You're mm-hmm. pretty much just like me. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, you're going to have to invest your, by and large, your own funds, mm-hmm. right? So you essentially become the owner of your business, whether it's a company and you're a shareholder or whether it's a sole trader And when you're the owner of your business, you have to be prepared to sacrifice some of your own personal money Mm -hmm. into your business. Right. Right. So you, there's two different types of capital. I mean, I could get into all of that, but Mm. it is, I would not advise a brand new business owner, um, small business don't have a lot of access to a lot of resources to go to a bank and get a loan to fund a business. And, Most of the time the banks see new business as very high risk mm-hmm. and they opt out of it. Right? right? Yeah. You have you have the option, you have things like venture capitalists and you have investors, or, you know, other persons who may want to invest in your business. Mm-hmm. Um that could signal growth, but you have to be very careful in choosing who these investors are
1: right Do they
0: have to, especially when you're new mm-hmm. right you're mm-hmm. now starting you can benefit from the know-how and expertise of a of an outside investor right, right? but they, they there are some disadvantages to that and that they can be unscrupulous and may take advantage of you Correct. so you have to be very careful and i've seen the benefit of Slow and steady wins the race.
1: Correct. You know, yeah. You
0: mm-hmm. Have your own. You invest your own money. I, I'm I'm a proponent of that because that's the route that we went into. Mm-hmm. Right. It will may take a little while longer. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah. Slow and steady does win the race. You're gonna have to bootstrap it. I we, we call it the bootstrapping phase. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. expect any first five years to make a lot of money. It really is a labor of love, a labor of time. You're gonna to have to persevere, overcome a lot of challenges before you get to the point where you can hire other people and you can give back. You can uh, now, yeah,
1: you know, okay. feel by it.
0: Now, t- what, what the research
2: says and, and what the statistics tell us is that about 20% of new businesses fail in their first year, about 312 in their second year, and about 38.8 in their third year. By the fifth year, about 50%, 50% of all businesses have failed. Now, Inc.com, I don't know if you know that website,
1: mm-hmm. they
2: stated that 96% of businesses fail in 10 years. So that's mm-hmm. four out of 100 businesses that start actually fail. Now, here's the reason, and I just want if you don't mind, I just want to read what they had to say in one of their articles, and then I'm going to ask you to, you know, extrapolate on that and then give your own reasons why you see it, particularly in a local setting that a lot of businesses fail, all right? So it mm-hmm. says here, why do most businesses fail? And the answer, they can't pay their bills. Most entrepreneurs either are or start out as financially illiterate. Unless you're into financial services or accounting, most entrepreneurs don't go into business because they love numbers. Most entrepreneurs saw an opportunity to make the world better in some way and built a company around that idea. So what do they do? They hire accountants and controllers to manage their books. Why do most businesses fail? because they can't pay their bills. When you run out of cash, it's game over. None of your vendors, creditors care in the least how much profit you're showing in your books if you can't pay your bills. Companies don't go out of business because they lack profits on their financial documents. They go out of business because they don't manage their cash and can't pay their bills. Now, I'm I'm skipping to to the final section where they say massive companies tend not to pee faster than 45 to as much as 120 days. They're using their size and position in the industry to set their cash management terms. Unfortunately, for many small and medium-sized businesses, entrepreneurs end up financing their clients who are 10 times their size. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Um, Yes, what they refer into there when they say they fear because they can't pay their bills, that's a fact, that's a reality. And they're speaking to cash management, to cash flow, Mm -hmm. right? You can have profits on your books, right? You can have an accountant and you're showing profits, Mm -hmm. but profits in the way that we, um, our standards, our accounting standards of doing financial statements are not cash-based, right? So at the end of the day, you have to make sure you have cash in the bank, cash on hand, or you have hard cash for you to pay your bills on a short-term basis, right? right. So what that needs is, one, a lot of entrepreneurs, even some of the board, boards that I advise, they, you, you wanted to start a company, you wanted to start a business, yes, to provide a need, um. To make money, as some of them clearly tell me, you know, this is it, it, a profit venture to make money. But you don't necessarily have the know-how, the knowledge about, about it. You know, your life may have pushed you there through some circumstance or the other. So one, if you are not going to invest in obtaining the knowledge, you're going to have to find the people that know how to run the business, right? Um. And as whether you're on a board or it's your own business, you're going to have to start learning the art of delegation, right? And having experts around you who know what they're doing and who have your business, your best interests at heart.
2: At heart. It's very important. That's very, very important.
0: It's very, very important. If you yourself don't have it. I mean, I've been trained in law and business and corporate governance and all that. So I have a certain amount of expert, expertise in, my, in myself, mm-hmm. right? But still, I need a marketing expert. I have a, a marketing person that does my um, marketing. You know, I still need other persons around me, human resources, yeah, who knows things that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to trust them and empower them to do their jobs. Right. So that's one thing secondly don't hang your hat higher than it could reach Mm. you know this is what i can afford right don't be don't get overexcited don't pay yourself all this money if your cash flow or your your, what what you're seeing going on in terms of your cash and your ability to pay bills is going to be in jeopardy right? right it's going to be at risk you know so and you have your accountants You have your corporate governance consultant like myself. You have other people around you who can say, here's what what you're doing there is placing your company at risk for bankruptcy. Right. Don't right. Right. And you may find that you're gonna have to sometimes calm down the emotion because you want to do want to do it. Yes, there's a certain amount of emotion involved in running business, but you're also gonna have to balance it with logic. And also there's a balance.
2: Yeah. you know so okay.
0: yeah. and that, that the, the, idea i agree with the article um, a lot of businesses fail because they just can't pay the bills yeah so yeah. why put yourself with that bill in the first place if you the persons around you are telling you not to yeah you know why pay, why pay yourself an exorbitant salary that that the, the the finances show cannot be sustained
2: why why pay yourself a salary in the first place Um, yeah uh but but i get i get your point clearly well we're kind of out of time uh because you Uh have other engagements that you're getting into right now but we before you go uh there's a little challenge that i want you to take okay so i got in touch with three people four people exactly and uh, I asked them to give me their opinion of Sharon. Okay, I said it right? <laughs> okay, <laughs> to give me their opinion of Sharon, <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> okay, so I'm going to say what is said. I may leave out the piece of information because I think it a little bit too clear who the person is. Oh my God. Um, right and that but you're supposed to name the person who said this all right so i asked the question i asked is what do you mi- admire about suran and what what would you say are her greatest qualities the first one says everything <laughs> determined consistent and resilient and resilient this is not the first time that word Has come up when when they're talking about you. All right. So, who is that person?
0: You have to give me a hint. Is this family (laughs) member?
2: Somebody that knows Uh, you quite well, and obviously somebody that I know
0: as well. That that first person, um, my husband. (laughs) No, that's that's Chris. She's my niece. Yeah, she's my niece.
2: (laughs) All right. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> the second person, right, when asked about it, said resilience, love, and care for her family. Who that okay. person is.
0: That's that's Joel. That's my husband.
2: No, that's not Joel. That's oh Matthew. My it's Matthew. <laughs> yeah, wow. that's Matthew. Okay. And then the, the third one. Saran is driven, focused, and extremely supportive.
0: That has to be Joao.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and he continues, most importantly, we see eye to eye on the important stuff. All right. Oh, God. And then the final person, the final person. Now, don't cry. So much of Carol's love and wisdom has been passed on to her. Physically, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. High expectations have always been placed on her. And Saran has carried the responsibilities with grace while charting her own course.
0: Oh my gosh. Who would have said that? Hmm. My dad?
2: No, not your dad. Your brother, Jason.
0: Jason said that.
2: Yes. Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me tell you. That's the end of it. This is the beginning. As suron's big brother, I've had the awesome privilege of seeing my sister grow up to become a very courageous, determined, and passionate wife and mother primed for greatness. She has always been unique, a standout from the crowd, intelligent and very friendly and sociable. Like Carol, she knows the value of hard work because their empathy for others won't allow them to let anyone down. If Saran makes a commitment, she'll move heaven and earth to keep it. She has the ability to concentrate for long periods until she has completed a task. I love my sister dearly for who she's always been. That's your big brother. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So that's what the people around you think about you, Sharon. (laughs) And before you go, I don't know if you have any parting words you'd like to give to our listeners, especially young people who are thinking about, you know, a career path, or looking to get into a business, or stuff like that, what advice would you give to them from your many years of wisdom? Well, not your many years of wisdom, from the great wisdom that you've acquired during the time that you've been here.
0: One thing I would say, get a relationship with God. He is the source of all wisdom, all strength, all power. Everything who could possibly want in this temporary life mm. comes from him. He's the source of it. Right. Get a relationship with him. I I'm not talking about just going to church. Get an intimate relationship with him, and he will guide you into that. Mm. He will give you the keys, the resources, guidance, tell you exactly what you need to do to access everything that is available to you. So, whether you're in business, whatever field you might be in as I like whatever, get a relationship with him as quickly as possible, right The yeah. world is not going to become any brighter in terms of you, you see what's going on mm-hmm. um russia yeah. and all this madness and global pandemics and you know it's it's, it's probably not going to get any better, okay. so it's important to Have that relationship with with God, with your provider, so that you could still in the midst of that, you could still experience heaven on earth. You can have a taste of heaven here. Yeah, that's what I would encourage. And it's not simply just going to church, it's literally having daily conversations with him and overcome being brave enough to follow him. It takes us an amount of courage and bravery to follow God. It's not easy. So that is what I would tell people.
2: Okay. Thank you very much, Sharon. It's been a pleasure, an absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, you take care and grow, grow and become even greater than you are right now.
0: It was nice chatting with you. Thanks for having me.
1: Yes, you're most welcome. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye-bye.
1: This podcast was created at Hubhopper Studio. If you wish to start your own podcast for free, visit studio.hubhopper.com or download the mobile app on the Google Play Store. Hubhopper is India's leading podcast creation platform. Start your podcast and get your voice heard across platforms like Spotify, Ghana, Google Podcasts, Wink Music, and more. Click on the link in the episode description or visit studio.hubhopper.com.